Mr. President. Senator from Oklahoma. Senate's currently taking up a nominee for the Bureau of Land Management, Tracy Stone Manning. There's a lot that I could say about Tracy Stone Manning, but there are some key features that come out if you're going to deal with the Bureau of Land Management. You walk into a leadership role where you've got thousands of people working under you and around you, and you have care for the forest, and you have care for a lot of things that are around in our environment. This particular leader was involved when she was in college in a group that was gathering to be able to spike trees. She's admitted that she's the one that actually wrote the letter to be able to actually lay out what they had done, where they drove a spike into some trees intentionally designed to be able to threaten loggers that would come through that area, that if they actually put a chainsaw to that, there's a decent chance it would break the chain and would come at the logger. Or that if they put that log in a sawmill, it would split the bandsaw and throw debris across all the workers that are there. To be clear, tree spiking is an act of eco-terrorism. Now this individual will be voted on by this body to lead the Bureau of Land Management. I wish I could say that was the only issue that was there, but as you read through her writings, she wrote multiple different things about dealing with environmental issues, but one of the things that was most painful to me to be able to read was the section that she wrote where she had a picture of a child, and in the picture of the child said, this is the greatest environmental threat that we face children. In her philosophy, the world has too many kids, and the way that we can protect the environment is to have fewer children in the world. I happen to think children are a blessing, not an environmental threat. But this body is about to vote on putting Tracy Stone Manning leading the Bureau of Land Management. I wish I could say that's the only issue that's actually moving right now. As I turn and look around the world, there are so many issues and things that are going on right now. Turkey's actually announced that they're going to buy more Russian missiles. They're completely ignoring what's going on. France is furious with the United States right now and feel like the United States stabbed them in the, in the back in forming an alliance without them, withdrawing their ambassador, the first that they've done in centuries with the United States because that's a broken relationship with France. We have put sanctions on individuals, but I wish I could tell you it was due to a Russian pipeline, but no, those sanctions were pulled. Or I wish I could tell you it was on Turkey for actually buying Russian surface-to-air missiles, but no, that, that hasn't been done. We have added sanctions onto the Attorney General of Guatemala. Attorney General Poyos, they're saying is corrupt though she's actually trying to address corruption in her country. I wish I could tell you that's even the only issue that we're dealing with. In Afghanistan, the Taliban has now announced their new leader for the Taliban in Afghanistan, Mullah Mohammed Hassan, who is a UN-sanctioned individual. That's the transition to the new government that we're going to work with, where hundreds of Americans still remain because they were left behind. In Iran, it doesn't get any better. In Iran, they just announced again that they're not going to allow the IEA inspectors to be able to come in and to deal with cameras in the centrifuge sites. And they continue to be able to stiff arm the world. 
and to say that's what they're going to do. And there seems to be no new consequences for Iran. But there is for the Attorney General of Guatemala, but not in other areas. In the Armed Services Committee this week, the top brass for the United States made it very clear that they had recommended to the President leaving 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. When the President has announced, no one ever told me that, the top leadership all said they made it clear. I wish I could even tell you that's the only issue going on with the military right now, but many people don't know that President Biden just a couple of weeks ago fired every appointee from the Trump administration time period that President Trump put in for the Board of Visitors for all of our academies, the Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force Academy, just cleared them all. It wasn't based on their qualifications. It was just if Trump appointed them, they're all bad and cleared all of those appointees from every single academy board. By the way, that's never been done by any president, ever. Just clear the deck. If Trump said they're good, then they must be bad. On the southern border, we all know full well what's happening in the chaos that's there. As we've now topped well over a million individuals that we've interdicted from over 100 different countries that have crossed our southwest border illegally. And the number I would love to tell you of those that have been allowed to be able to come into the country, except DHS won't tell us that number, for months. Federal courts have stepped in and have told the Biden administration they have to reimpose the MPP process that President Trump put in that dramatically dropped the number of people coming to our southwest border illegally. Federal courts instructed the Biden administration a month ago that they have to put that back in place. And so far, the Biden administration has said, we're thinking about it. We're examining it and won't even release a timeline to be able to follow the federal court. Now, it's one thing for the Biden administration to be angry at Congress, but currently they're ignoring a federal court order. That's a whole different issue in our democracy. Afghan evacuees have one set of standards to be able to come in. People on the southwest border have an entirely different set. And in the middle of it, there's an ongoing dialogue about vaccine mandates for every American. The president gave a speech and dropped a mandate and said, everyone that works in a company that has 100 people or more has to get the vaccine. It's his requirement. Now, he's yet to give the legal authority for that. In fact, they've yet to put out a single document from the Department of Labor. They just put a deadline date out there, and they're asking every company to be able to implement it simply based off his speech. The president cannot just give a speech and mandate to the country what to do. That's not how a representative republic works. But yet, that's what's happening. It's even more chaos among federal workers and among federal contractors, because he did the same mandate to them. But quite frankly, agency to agency, they're trying to figure out what to do. And one agency handles it one way, another agency's handling it completely different, because no instructions have come down from the Office of Personal Management of the Office of Management and Budget. They have failed to be able to put out the most basic instructions, so there is chaos. And literally, we have individuals that are federal contractors saying, we're just not going to do federal contracting anymore on this or they can't complete a contract because so many people within their, com their company have said, I'm not gonna take the vaccine. I've already had COVID. 
I have natural immunity. I'm not going to do it. But currently, the president has only given a speech. And whether it's the National Guard that only has 40% of the Guard vaccinated, or whether it's in private companies, the chaos is running around the entire country. As people that are vaccinated, like me, encourage others to be vaccinated and to say, I'm glad that I've been vaccinated, I'm glad that I have the vaccine. And others are saying, you know what, I'm an American. Why are you making me take this? Why am I gonna lose my job if I can't do this? I've talked to union employees that work in federal unions that are saying, why isn't my union protecting me? My union seems to be capitulating instead of actually helping me. I thought my union was supposed to represent me, but yet union bosses are telling their union members, we're not gonna listen to you this time. We're gonna listen to the president instead of you as a union member. And I've talked to quite a few that are really ticked off because this was not in their collective bargaining agreement. And they're wanting to know when their voice actually gets heard. I would tell you, I don't know when their voice actually gets heard because they've been locked out. All of those things are happening all around the world. And on the other side of the building, they're working on fighting over an infrastructure bill and a three and a half trillion dollar social welfare entitlement bill that they're working to be able to move through as the left and the uber left fight about how much they can spend today. That three and a half trillion dollar bill that's out there has an enormous cost, but quite frankly, the content of the bill is more dangerous than the cost. I remember full well in the 1990s, President Clinton standing in front of the nation and saying, we're gonna end welfare as we know it. And his statements about the welfare experiment that we have had for decades to be able to send cash payments out to individuals we now know doesn't work. We need to incentivize work. We need to incentivize individuals so that individuals are able to rise. Shockingly, in this $3.5 trillion entitlement bill, they're literally going back to welfare as we once had it, rather than ending welfare as we know it. They're returning to just checks rather than encouraging jobs. We've seen already what that looks like in our economy just this year, when in March, April, May, June, so many states had such a hard time hiring individuals because individuals were getting just enough money to be able to get by, and so employers were trying to hire people, but people were saying, as long as I can get by, I'm just gonna be able to get by. And we watched company after company struggle to be able to actually bring staff on. We watched lots of restaurants cut their hours. We watched of stores cut their hours because they couldn't get enough staff. That's the plan for this $3.5 trillion bill, to cut more checks to more individuals, to make it even harder to be able to function in our economy. And it's not just that, it's, it's throughout the bill. They changed the way that the Affordable Care Act funding is even done. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation study that's tracking all of these changes, a family of two adults with a five-year-old child with an annual income of $100,000 will now get $10,500 per year in additional subsidies. A family of $100,000, they're gonna give an additional $10,500 per year. And that's not the only issue as well. Dramatic change in preschool entitlements. 
$450 billion they want to spend on this massive childcare and preschool entitlement program. And that all may sound great, like we need to do more. Why aren't they engaging in things like Head Start and some of the child development block grants? They're ignoring those to do an even bigger new program. It's fascinating to me, and in the budget documents they put out, they continue to attack the most basic issue of life. While they do childcare spending in one hand and say, we really want to help children, if you're a baby in the womb, you've got no chance under their bill. If you're a child that they can see, they want to do $450 billion in new entitlement programs. But if you're a child in the womb, the bill is full of additional incentives to increase abortion in America and to do taxpayer-funded abortion in America. I have to tell you, I saw a New York Times article just recently that had a line where they were talking about abortion and encouraging abortion, and they were talking about the new Texas law dealing with abortion in life, and they added into it, I think a majority of women are being sentenced to being parents. Sentenced to being parents. How about welcoming a child and seeing them who they are? This bill includes a methane fee that will kill the oil and gas industry in my state and around the country. This bill includes a new clean electricity performance program, which will drive up the cost of electricity for every single American. If you think your electricity bill was expensive this summer, wait till the clean electricity performance program comes in and see how much your summer electricity bill is. Oh, but don't worry, if you plug in your electric vehicle, if you get an electric vehicle, they're gonna give you a $12,500 tax credit if you get an electric vehicle, if it's produced in a union shop. Because apparently union shops are more carbon friendly, I guess. They don't say that, there is no requirement for that. It's not about cleaner environment. It's just an extra perk to the unions on that and a shot to anyone who does production in a state that's non-unionized or a non-union shop. $12,500 that they wanna be able to pay towards an electric vehicle. And that's not just for some, that's for most every American would get that. It includes massive new subsidies for solar and for wind, even though wind and solar can make money right now. But because it's so expensive to do the transmission lines from far distances, they're including massive new subsidies for that. They create $3 billion for the Civilian Climate Corps to be able to pay young people to do uh, climate activism all around the country. So those folks that are climate activists will actually be paid for with your tax dollars. It includes what the Joint Committee on Taxation states that taxpayers, get this, at all income levels will see tax increase under this bill. All income levels. 40 different tax heights, over $2 trillion in tax increases that they have announced it will cost zero dollars we're going to spend three and a half trillion and it'll have absolutely no cost. Except the joint tax has already looked at it and said all taxpayers will have a tax hit on this. In addition to that, companies in the United States will have one of the highest tax rates in the entire world. Just basic economics. When you're trying to compete, do you want to have a lower price or a higher price? Just basic economics. If the United States is going to compete with China, should we have a lower tax rate than communist China or a higher one? Well, according to this bill, 
the United States will have a higher tax rate than communist China on our businesses. I don't know of anyone that thinks that's a good idea other than the folks that are voting to increase taxes dramatically on the American people. And for folks that continue to say, well, it's only on corporations, and they think it's Apple and Ford and Conoco. You know what? When you talk about corporations, 1.4 million small businesses are organized as C-Corps. Over 84% of C-Corps have 20 employees or less. So if you think this is all about the big boys, oh, just wait. Not only that, in their tax policy, they include new marriage penalties to disincentivize marriage in America. Or if you get married and file jointly, you're going to pay more taxes. It includes new enforcement from the IRS. Initially, it was to talk about $600. If you deposit or withdraw $600 from your bank account, then we're going to do new enforcement. That's going to have to get turned into the IRS. Then they changed it because they figured out people get nervous with that. So now they're talking about if you do $10,000 of additions or subtractions in your bank account in a year, then we're going to track you. Can I tell you, almost every American in their bank account puts in $10,000 in or out in a year. If you make $12,000 in a year and deposit a check in your bank account, you'll be turned into the IRS with your transactions. This is a new way to be able to harvest data from every single American and turn it over to the IRS that is leaking information like a sieve currently, as information is being leaked out from ProPublica to be able to just release Americans' tax returns. At the same time, my Democratic colleagues are saying we want the IRS to have even more data. And if you don't capitulate to the vaccine mandate, well, guess what? The $3.5 trillion new bill increases OSHA fines for you 10 times higher than what they used to be. 10 times higher than what it used to be. This is about caving to their will. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this bill, and I haven't even touched the hem of the garment on how many things are in it. We need to be engaged as Americans. And we need to know what's actually being proposed by this body and by this president, and to be able to see the results of that worldwide. It's time for us to engage and to stay informed. And it's time for this body to consider, is that really where the American people are? Is this really what the American people want? I can assure you, in Oklahoma, it is not. I yield the floor.